This is Eric Rutan of Cannibal Corpse. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast with Andrew McKay-Smith. Greetings one and all. This conversation features Carnifex frontman Scott Lewis. Carnifex have a new album due for release on September the 3rd, 2021, titled Graveside Confessions. So that is the catalyst for the conversation. Outside of that, we're talking about the impact that the pandemic has had on touring and maintaining a heavy metal band as an ongoing concern. We go deep in this one here. Truly enjoyed this conversation, so here he is. Scott Lewis from Carnifex. Mate, I can hey, hear Andrew, you. you there? Yeah. Excellent. All right. Well, straight away, I've got to hand it to you. I reckon that's the best backdrop I've seen of a professional musician that I've had on a, a Zoom call yet. <laughs> Well, uh, I guess we got some informal practice at being streamers through this shutdown. And we're in the studio right now, so this is where we did the record. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. No, it's yep. killer. Is, is that the backdrop that you take on tour with you traditionally, or is that something that you've done for the streaming events? Oh, no. This is an old backdrop, actually. We have this backdrop from uh, 2017 when we did Warp Tour. So we don't, we don't use it anymore, but we did use it on one, yeah. Uh, it looks killer and you got the pentagram there and everything, mate. It's just, it's nice for it to be, uh, you know, I don't know, what's the, is the term period specific? <laughs> uh, you know, we got to keep specific. the Carnifex aesthetic, you know? I love it, mate. Yeah, no, it's awesome. But uh, how have the, the Zoom calls, if that's the, what they're called these days, I used to call them phonograms, but I can't call them that anymore. How have the calls, <laughs> how have the calls been going? They've been going pretty well. I will say like this, um, this time around doing record promotion is the most different from previous records, you know? So it's like everybody wants to do a zoom call it's all video content. Now it's all long form interview. Everybody wants, you know, 30, 45 minutes. So I have seen a big shift in like, I guess the way the, the media is trying to interact with the bands. It's like less about like the magazine article or the album review. And it's, more about like the long form conversation. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm hearing you, mate. Well, you got you're you're in a killer band. This recent album, I've had it for two days, and I've listened to it probably two or three times. So graveside, graveside confessions. Awesome, man. It Thanks. Is, look, it's your, it's your eighth album, so congratulations first and foremost on being around for that long. It's been 20 years or something like that that you've been doing this, which is a hell of 16. A, yeah, 16. 16. It's still a hell of an accomplishment, all things considered, given the nature of the industry that you're in. Um, but I, I rated World War X uh, highly. It was one of my albums of 2019. And uh, look, look, no guesses for for no prizes for guessing what you guys were up to during the pandemic then with Graveside Confessions coming out now. But uh, look, what, what I can say about Graveside Confessions after my two listens is that it's an album that I think honours your past, but it also builds on your legacy. So there's hints of where you're going forward. All in all, if I could summarise it, I'd say that it's a, a light speed deathcore bonanza that fans will be tickled pink to hear once they wrap their <laughs> ears around it. But but I've got to ask, you know, with everything fucking going on with this pandemic and, you know, just all this shit, you've seen Afghanistan turning to shit once again, mate, you know, I'm not saying that's got nothing to do with the music, but, you know, we've got all this, we're hyper aware of what's going on around us. 
but for you guys, you know, the touring options are basically they're either completely off the table or they're severely limited because you guys are a crushing live act and I can't wait to see you guys live. But but is it bittersweet that you get to produce an album as, as killer as what World War X was and Graveside Confessions certainly is and you can't bring it to the people? Uh, you know, yeah, uh, it was really tough on World War X. We really didn't do a touring cycle on it. You know, we uh, we played one U.S. tour and one uh, European tour. And then that was pretty much it, you know, not to mention that we were hours away from starting our Meta X tour with Three Teeth here in the States. And, mm. you know, that was canceled on account of COVID. So we went into the pandemic in a really difficult situation as a business. We had tens of thousand dollars of production debt related to a tour that we didn't play yeah. a single date on. And then you go from that into not generating revenue for a year and a half. Uh, I mean, business-wise, we got destroyed. You know, I don't know how else to say it. Uh, our business was absolutely annihilated. Uh, all of us as, in, as individuals, financially annihilated. All of us are just hanging on to credit cards, in debt, had to move because people lost their places. I'm in forbearance on my mortgage. It's, it it was an absolute disaster. I I don't, you know, it's kind of, it's a weird dichotomy to be honest with you right now. I'm like doing all these interviews for the new record and, and I'm, I love that people enjoy it. Of course it's not out yet. I don't really know how it's going to do, but you know, the reality Mm -hmm. is we're all still really fucked. Um, The record is not out yet. We're not touring yet. And so it's kind of a weird duality which I guess is pretty, it's pretty on topic for the whole last year. It's been a weird duality. You know, it's like really hard time for the band, but we got a really great record out of it. About to put this record out, but we're still really in a bad spot, you know, financially and all the rest. So it's it's definitely a time of like, you know, living at the ends of the spectrum. You know, it's like nothing in between right now. Was there ever a thought... I'm sure there was, but how how close have you come or potentially how close do you think you will come to maybe putting down the the guitars and the drums and the and the microphone and um and finding a job in the civil service or what have you? Because I understand you no doubt you've got a family too, but you've certainly got yeah. financial commitments. But I mean, realistically, mm-hmm. what does the future hold? You know, it all depends on how this record does and if uh if we can get back to our actual business, which is touring, you know, the business of the band is, is live performance. You know, it's touring. I'm sure you know this, but you don't make money from putting out a record. Mm -hmm. I mean, and that's compounded to the nth degree this, this time around, because, you know, Spotify and just being a digital band is really the only game in town. But the reality is those things don't produce money, you know? So it's kind of, Again, it's that whole duality where it's like, hey, guys, your Spotify numbers are higher than they ever been. Well, that's awesome. That doesn't equate to one cent, though. You know, it's like yeah. it's just it's a yeah. weird place to be in the biz right now. It's tough, you know, because you got to get out there and and try to reach people. But, you know, everybody's operating from the same marketing 101 handbook. Everybody knows how to get a band big, you know, pony up for the ads pony up for the collabs uh it's just it's just also formulaic right now that i don't know it's a little bit disheartening if i'm being completely honest but maybe that's just because 
I'm in a bad space. You know, I've, I've been struggling for a year and a half, so we'll see what happens once we get on the road. Yeah. And it's the, the people say not to stress about things that are outside of your control, but how can you fucking do that? When it's so much as it's I didn't stress, yeah, I'd just be homeless then, you know, cool. <laughs> yeah. You, you I, I, I appreciated that you were so frank. Was it a year ago or so where you did, you talked about that you'd lost 250K as a group yeah. due to the tour cancellation and you broke it down though. You actually yeah. gave people a detail. You weren't, I mean, you know what these, these, fans are like there's another artist whinging or what have you i didn't see that <laughs> with your comments it might have been there but i did a yeah. deep dive last night and i thought the comment did get picked up by a lot of outlets but a lot of people were like oh shit this is the this is what really happens it, it's what actually happened yeah it, that that number isn't uh made up that's that was what we were planning on making and not only did we not make it but we actually you know ended up being in debt tens of thousands of dollars instead. So if you can imagine, you know, five people trying to plan their lives out and you, you got this month that's on, that's on the books, it's all going to be good to go. Um, you know, business is booming. And then it goes from, you think you're going to make that to, Hey, everybody, we, you know, we're in the hole, like 70 grand now, uh, figure it out, you know, and for all of us, I mean, we got 15 years invested into this band, you know, we don't, not like we had some side day job or anything like that. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. we're fully in, in, invested in this, in this business. So yeah, to lose the year and a half devastating. Uh, I still, I still wonder if we're going to pull through, to be honest, I, I want to see what it's like when we get back on the road, sell this record test. I, I haven't checked the numbers and I'm not expecting you to know off the top of your head and even what the policy is around it. But I know here in Australia, they're saying, as soon as the population gets to 80% vaccination, lockdowns will be a thing of the past. I don't believe mm. our psychopathic political leaders. I think they're all cunts, excuse my language at this point in time. <laughs> I'm fed up with, I'm a journalist, so I'm legitimately a journalist. I'm fed up with reading the same bullshit that I know that is all driven by populism. And I know for a fact mm. it's exactly like that in the States. But is there something similar happening in the States in regards to the, the vaccination rates? Are they saying once you get to a certain percentage of the mm. population being vaccinated, you can get back to you guys as a band? You know, that's most likely when you can get back to touring? Well, I mean, we do have a tour booked for September. So uh, we are going back out on the road in September. Um, as far as like, a federal mandate that um, I haven't seen one um, that as it relates to herd immunity, I know they're just, they're just trying to get it up. There's right now what's going on is there's a, a like a big wave of the mandatory vaccinations. So I think mm. that's going to probably push a lot of people uh, to it that maybe were on the fence or just weren't thinking about it. Um and then seeing like Live Nation and AEG and all these concert promoters have made it mandatory as well. So that'll yeah. probably push some of the younger people to get vaccinated. Um, yeah. So, you know, we'll just see. I, I, I'm, I'm totally burnt on politics, to be honest with you. Like, I just don't care anymore. I think that's the same in most of the Western Hemisphere at this point in time. We're just done, aren't we? Yeah, up. I mean, I, you know, maybe that makes me part of the problem. I, I don't fucking know, but I don't know what headline I'm going to read that's suddenly going to like make me some contributor. Like, what am I going to read that's going to make me more helpful? Nothing. So I'm just trying to focus on, I, I got to look out for 
our band, our crew, none of us have worked in a long time. The employment's run out. The bills are stacking up. We got to get back to work. That's how yeah. I'm looking at it. You know, we're, we're just a business trying to survive right now. You are indeed. And, and look, just, just with the, the, what we've all been going through for the last 18 months or thereabouts, did, did a lot of that inform the lyrical themes across Graveside Confessions? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I always try to be pretty honest with my lyrics and pretty vulnerable. And, you know, for me, this last year and a half, I've, that's all I've been feeling is vulnerability, insecurity, regret. Um, you know, you're trying to wrap your head around this situation. And like, obviously, we, you know, we had nothing to do with the pandemic happening. But of course, you, you think like, you know, where, where could have my life have ended up? And maybe in, in another timeline, I would have been an, uh, an essential person or, or something, you know, but I feel like it, it was tough, man. I feel like we basically just went down a 16 year dead end. You know, wow, and shit. yeah, it's tough. We mate. just, yeah, yeah, because it's like, okay, go get another job. Well, everything's closed, so there's that, and then it's like, you know, it just when you look at the amount of time you invest into something, at some point, you, you know, you're kind of not so useful to the corporate space anymore or to the workforce anymore. You know, it's like, yeah, I, I dropped out of high school and I've been a touring musician for 16 years, and it's like, what the fuck does any of that mean? <laughs> you know next <laughs> i'm having this very similar conversation with artists no matter where i'm talking to people from all over the world you know whether it's australia europe north america it's the same thing it's like what do we do if we can't get back to what it is that we've done now in your case for 16 years i mean these these idiots online they have a dig at bands that might be in their 50s and 60s and they're still playing the music whether it be Exciter or what have you, that was going around in the 80s. But what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to recast yourself as someone that you're not. It's Your options are severely limited ultimately because yeah. of your character. And that's not, I'm not saying that's even anything you should be able to shift, but there should be some sort of government recognition of the fact that you are an artist and that you have had an impact on the corporate sphere or the the, the capitalist environment, if you like. In other words, you are contributing to the, to the, to the taxpaying, to the, you know, you are a taxpaying right. contributor in that right. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I mean, yeah, you know, art and and a musician in the in the US, it's a little bit different. You know, I've had friends from Canada, friends from Europe, UK, France, whatnot, where they'll say, Oh man, you know, we get a forty thousand, you know, dollar euro or whatever advance every year from the government for being artists and all that stuff. And it just doesn't work like that in the States in the States. And I think kind of the attitude is like, if if you want to be a musician or an artist, like that's on you. If you go and do that and you don't make any money, well, you chose to do that. So get fucked. Um, and I, I guess there's some truth to that. You know, it's like, you can choose to be anything you want. Nobody told me to be a musician. I made the choice to be a musician. So me investing all these years and, and being in the situation I'm in, well, that's just a product of my own choices. So, you know, get fucked. Um, I kind of yeah. get that. That's why I kind of don't really talk about it. Yeah. 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 What I was trying to say before, and you thank you for picking up on it. I mean, you're in a tax paying generating business is what I'm saying. And that mm -hmm. should get fair recognition when it comes to things like welfare. Okay. If, I mean, what do you, yeah, anyway, look, but just just talking about the album again. Um, I mean, was the writing process this time around was it was it fairly 
was it fairly standard for you guys? Have you got a system that you plug into and it just works? Uh, you know, we, we did have a system, do have a system, but I guess a lot of the details were different this time around. You know, we typically will fly somewhere like, you know, in the past we'd been going to Jason's studio out in Florida. So we'd fly out to Florida and, you know, you're there for like two months and, and you kind of all hole up in a rent a place and do the record kind of like kind of a classic style. But this time around, obviously no one was going to Florida. Um, we were doing the record here ourselves in the studio. So we kind of had this concentrated writing time of, you know, close to a year writing and recording that we never really had before, you know, previously in the past, it's like you, you'll write a couple songs in between tours just cause you're on the road so much. Um, mm. and then, uh, this time around, you know, obviously no tours. We're we're just here. It's just like a concentrated effort. So I, there was something beneficial to that to have that momentum going, you know, across all fifteen songs rather than kind of doing two or three at a time. Mm. Um, so that was different. Sean being the engineer uh, on on the record and, and tracking everybody, including myself, uh, was different. He, he's never been our engineer before. Uh, he's already always done the pre production for the band. Uh, first time he did the record though, uh, it was, which was really enjoyable. So I was stoked that he got to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And we recorded it as a four piece. So that's, we haven't done that since the very first record. Normally a five piece, is that right? Yeah, normally, but you know, we've actually always had trouble hanging on to a fifth member. We've had like four fifth members. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know. I don't know why the four of us work and we can't hang on to a fifth man, but that's just how it's been. Yeah. Sometimes that's just life. Yeah. Yeah. What about with nuclear blast with Marcus and, and the, the people that own the business and there, I haven't had this conversation with an artist on nuclear blast yet. So did, did they come to you with a strategy and say, look, hold on guys. We, nobody knows what the hell's going to happen in the future here, but keep on releasing albums and we'll support you. Is that that type of thing that's being said? Um, I don't know that they said that directly to us. Uh, I mean, we went, we went to them and said, we're going to start working on another record. Uh, and can we get it? <laughs> some of our advance, you know, yeah. um, th- that wasn't anything. Yeah. They offered up or, I mean, like it wasn't their suggestion. We, we went to sure. them and said, Hey, we're going to start writing. And obviously we're financially foobar. So, uh, if we can get half of that advance, that'd be absolutely amazing. But obviously they sent it to us. They're super cool about that. Um, but kind of, you know, outside of what's just lined out in the contract, it was pretty standard. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I, I was listening to another interview in preparation for this one, a recent one that was posted on, on YouTube. So to your point about them all being video interviews these days, the only recent ones I could find were video ones of you. But um Look, you mentioned you mentioned a word which I thought, uh, yeah, you put a lot of thought into mentioning this one. It was uh, control. Well, it was a statement contrived absolutes. I liked that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which I think is a great summary uh, of a vast wave of the population in the Western Hemisphere toward politics, the pandemic, and, and social justice. We just get this triumvirate at the moment, have we? So. You're, you, I think you're a great person to ask this question of, and I don't ask it that often. Don't get this philosophical put it that way but i'll go here i like it look are we we heading toward a black hole um or is it all just an illusion and one day we'll all just wake up and it's all just been a dream (laughs) (laughs) um you know what i i'd say it's neither i'd say you know what the reality is is that 
uh, a phrase comes to mind. It's all part of the show, folks. I think th- this is it. I think we're just w- witnessing culture. I-, I think all the absurdities and the duality of the far ends of each political spectrum actually really being just like that Spider-Man meme where it's just the same guy pointing <laughs> back at the other guy. That That's kind of what my contrived absolutes is. It's like you can look at people on the right and you can look at people on the left and they're both going to tell you they know without a shadow of a doubt what's going on. And they're both going to tell you without a shadow of a doubt that the other guy is couldn't be more wrong. And to me, that kind of not only sums up where we're at politically, but it's kind of where we're at as a culture, even outside of politics. You try to you see it in music, you know, you see it uh, with sports. Um, yeah. And it, to me, it's just kind of it just kind of highlights what we are always knew about humanity, which is that the myth that the cream rises to the top is is just that it's a myth. Um, really, it's just the loudest voice in the room. That's who gets attention. That's what culture is. Yeah. It's messy. It's not logical. It doesn't make sense. Um, if you try to sit there and do the math, you'll just pull your fucking hair out. Um, I think that's all we're witnessing. I think if you if you're a student of history, which I pretend to be one, even though I'm not, I never had any formal history education. Um, I think that you know you can look back and you can find many times. I'm kind of speaking more to American history because that's my what I know more about. But, you know, you can find many times through our past where we've been uh, as polarized as this, as agitated as this, um, as violent as this, whatever you want. Um, So I'd say it's kind of just it to me, it just reassures everything I knew about people and the world at large, which is anything goes. There is no absolute. And. You know, if you can get it, get it. Scrap to the top. That's all that matters. That's kind of what we're seeing. It's just like, I'm going to impose my viewpoint regardless of reality. So, you know, have at it. Yeah, great point. It's a lot like that, isn't it? It's like I shall stick to my... my, my political perspective, regardless of all of the information that is going on around that probably suggests that if you have a political perspective, and look, we all do, I get that, but it's I liken it to the left and the right. They're just different teams on the same football pitch. It's the same sure. game. Yeah. Um, it's and, totally the same game. And you know yeah. who wins the most by keeping a two-party system? The two parties. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's like they have an invested interest in the population being team blue or team red because if it's team any other color then they're actually in trouble you know but we have this we have this weird thing as humans don't we where we like dualities in australia it's it's classic you know you've got two supermarket chains two main ones you know what i mean two parties they used to be ford and holden which were general motors but for years this is like for 80 Mm -hmm. years or thereabouts and no doubt it'll shift to being another duality but we have this thing where it's just got to be one or the other it can never be a spectrum Right. I, I think that goes, that speaks to people's fear and limited understanding and a reduced capacity to take the time and think about something logically rather than listening to an editorialized opinion. It's, it's kind of the same reason you see reaction videos so popular. Mm. People need yeah. to be told what to think. They yeah. like, I, I was having a, a semi-political conversation with someone the other day. And I, I was kind of talking through some of these things and they go, well, where, where'd you see that? I didn't see it anywhere. It's my own, own opinion. 
And I think that's kind of this weird thing where we've found ourselves in this situation where people can't truly generate a unique opinion from an amalgam of sources and then come to a conclusion. They just sort of sift through until they see something they like and they decide that's my opinion. And Mm -hmm. that's, I mean, that's not critical thinking. That's not cognitive thought. That's just following. Yeah, indeed. There's so much of it. But uh, hey, look, I better ask, how much time have I got le- got left? Oh, I don't even have a clock in here. Uh, let's see. Um, it's one twenty-seven. so I got three minutes. Three minutes, right. Right, let's go at the bang. Scott, what's the strangest thing you've had happen to you on the road? The strangest thing, I think I saw a UFO one time. Oh gosh, where was that? <laughs> well, I know it's going to sound dumb, but it was it was in New Mexico of all places. <laughs> I know you went to Roswell, so were you? <laughs> uh, no, we were we were driving to Albuquerque from from Texas, so we were driving through the middle of nowhere desert, and so I'm dri- I'm driving the van right. It's the middle of the night. Yeah. I'm just doing my drive shift, staring at the road. I think I probably was listening to you know some music or something. And out of nowhere, I see this. So I'm on a straight road on the horizon. It's dark. It's, but it's clear. No clouds. I can see stars. I see this green light goes straight up from the road and goes super high, like way out in front of me. And then it mm-hmm. stops. And then it goes all the way back down and disappears. And I thought Sorry, that was really weird. Uh, you saw I, one. I don't you know that it. it's an alien. But I saw <laughs> something. I saw something that was unidentified. And... To this day, it's like the only UFO thing I've ever seen. But I still wonder what the heck was that, you know? Because like it, it wasn't a plane because the planes don't go up and down. I mean, I, I guess it just could have been some sort of test light that just went straight. straight. But I didn't see any. I don't know. It's just one of those unexplainable things. I don't know how to how to sum it up. But there you go. That's the strangest thing I've seen on tour. <laughs> There you go. Well, I'll leave this final thought with you. Most, just about all credible sightings of UFOs or unidentified objects, whatever they might be called, the UAPs or whatever they're called these days, have been in water or above water. So next time you're surfing, keep that in mind. Mm. Water. <laughs> you know, okay. Yeah. Definitely. Forever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, no, you could have seen something. Gosh, you definitely saw something strange. There's no doubt. But uh, look, I'll let, I'll let you get yeah. to the next one, brother. Look, uh, good Thanks, luck with man. everything. I mean that. And congratulations on the killer career. I just really hope to you guys can get down here and continue to do what you're doing. Hey, man, we're just looking forward to working again. No worries, brother. All right. Talk to you again soon, hopefully. See you. Take care. No worries. Bye. So that was Scott Lewis from the group Carnifex, and I do truly appreciate that he was willing to go there and have a very frank exchange about the impact of the pandemic on his business. If you like that chat, there are plenty more just like it over at scarsandguitars.com. I'll be repurposing some archived content from other websites that I've contributed to over the years that have gone a little bit off the boil or no longer exist, so you can check out that stuff. But most importantly, I'm always posting new podcast episodes. In addition, if you did like it all too, if you could please like, subscribe, share and all of that sort of bullshit. If I don't ask, you don't know because it does help. Let's face it. Leave a comment on YouTube. Don't know whether this one will go onto YouTube, but uh, it might. I've certainly got the tools to put it up there in this day and age. I'm just limited by time with uh, my job, with my household, kids, 
cleaning guinea pigs, all of that sort of stuff. Literally cleaning dogs, guinea pigs, birds, fish. The kids have it all these days. I'm trying to be a good dad and I think I'm doing a pretty good job. My wife and I, if I do say so myself on that front. But anyway, my name's Andrew Mackay-Smith and I'm the host of the Scars and Guitars podcast series. Until next time, it is a very goodbye for now.